Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello, beautiful people. I'm Anna Connolly to my right or left, depending on how you're looking at this. We got Johnny Lazarus and then Shukri writes. This is pass. Shoot! And score. Please, Johnny. Please, Johnny. Please, you sound like you're at a morgue. Nailed it. You are at a morgue. It's called having fun, okay? Horrible. How are you guys today? Nervous. And I'm and I and I kind of I'm disclaimer, early disclaimer already. I kind of am rooting for chaos because I'm petty. <laughs> I'm rude. You know, I want the Bruins to win tonight. But honestly, if they go to a game seven, I'm like, you know what? I'm bringing a whole a whole tank of gasoline ready to set things on fire if they if they manage to blow the series. I'm confident that they won't. But (laughs) (laughs) you know what? We like it. It's called being authentic. Shukri, we like it. (laughs) All right, Johnny, how you feeling? How what was your night like? I'm super sad. Um, I didn't even I didn't even like eat dinner last night. At the, I was in the press box at the Prue, and uh, yes, Chukri's playing the small violin. Um, <laughs> last night they were serving like soft serve ice cream, so I had like a you know vanilla chocolate swirl at, like six thirty. Devil <sighs> scored in the devil scored in the first minute. I just never ate dinner. I got home at like twelve thirty. Got the halal truck, lamb over rice, oh, and uh, I basically oh, I so those. so good. So good. But I ate myself to sleep. Um, it, it's a complete 180 from last Friday. And, uh, you know, that's the beauty and that's the blessing of the cur- and a curse in the playoffs is, yeah. you know, one minute you're on top of the world. Shukri, you're going through it. Anna, you're going through it also. You know, mm-hmm. Kings were up 2-1 to one against Edmonton looking good. And then, you know, one little thing happens. It impacts the entire series. And the next thing you know, you're looking at a 3-2 deficit and you're begging for your season to continue. So, yeah, I'm sad. You're at, the, you're at the mercy of the devils. I mean, mm-hmm. there's, there's, there's puns in that statement alone. Like, please extend the series for one more game. Let's score a goal. <laughs> it is crazy, though, because you mentioned, you know, total 180 from last Friday. And that's how I feel this week after Sunday, after Tuesday. Because last Friday, the Kings had that sexy overtime winner and – uh, I want to say Staples Center, but Crypto.com Arena mm-hmm. was just rocking. Like, I've never seen it like that. I went to both Stanley Cup series in 12 and 14. Never seen it like that. But the only thing that I'm holding on to, you guys, with this Kings-Oilers series is the mental reset that comes along with three days off. Um, I heard this on one of the many podcasts I listened to. But it's funny because, like, a regular season three-day off after mm-hmm. after a brutal loss is different because you're looking at your stats. You're thinking – oh my gosh, like, am I even going to be in the starting lineup? You know, like you're, you're worried about your job. And now because it's round one of the playoffs, I feel like everyone is like, ha, okay, we get three days off. We can go back. All the Kings players live in uh, Manhattan beach, Hermosa beach here. So they get to enjoy the beach, nice long walks on the beach with their significant others, with their dogs, just 
nice and uh and pause um my little take on this king's oiler series though to to kick things off is you get that mental reset with three days off blake lazat is most likely going to be back in the lineup tomorrow so this will be the first full king's strength full strength king's team that we've seen since april 1st because kevin fiala went down april 1st um and then kind of wanted to ask you guys what you think about this because to me this series it's like you know, if you turned on any media stuff leading into the series, you're thinking, okay, special teams is going to take such precedent. And the first two games, it was kind of like, ah, okay. And then Connor McDavid opened it up with back-to-back power play goals in game three. However, the Kings escaped it. And ever since it feels like they haven't been able to escape that special teams penalty kill situation that, that they find themselves against the Oilers. So what do you guys think? Do you think this series comes down to special teams or do you think, it's just the Oilers have Connor McDavid and Connor and uh, Leon Dreisaitl, and that's the end of the day. The Kings are peasants, right now. <laughs> and and listen, I'm not trying to I'm not trying to disrespect the Kings. I still think they're one of the better teams in the playoffs, and they've held their own. But what are they clicking at? Fifty seven percent right now. The Oilers power play. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, that is. I I watched the other night. I watched the New York Islanders power play, and then thirty minutes later, I watched the Edmonton Oilers power play. If I didn't know hockey, I would have thought it was two different leagues. Yeah. Like the, the pace they play at, the skill they have, and no disrespect to the Islanders, what the Oilers are doing right now, especially Leon Dreisaitl, is out of this world. And not only you know, is it hurting the Kings, it's going to hurt any team they're playing against because the Kings are one of the better defensive teams in the NHL. And if yeah. they can't have an answer or find an answer to stop these guys, who the hell is? So that's all I'm going to say. I, I think – I think the series is over in six. I don't see the Kings coming back. And uh, no offense to you, Anna, obviously, but it is special teams right now. That's really all it is. It really has been a special teams count series all, all the way through and through. And it's really become a matter of which team has a better power play, the Kings or the Oilers? The answer has been a resounding Edmonton, Edmonton and Edmonton. It's almost as if we're watching the, the Conor McDavid show and we're all just guests. It's almost as if like we're watching the Akira Schmidt show and Johnny is just a guest in the Prudential Center. I mean, <laughs> I, that's basically what this is. But, but, what is but what is amazing to watch in all seriousness is, is that when you think you learn a lesson the first time that you wouldn't make that same mistake again, but for some reason the Kings – find themselves going back on a power play. And I remember saying this during game five. I'm like, why are they going back to what has been getting them burned? Like, this is exactly how you lose in the playoffs. So I, I if you're a Kings, you have to – your domestic has to be simple. Do not go to the penalty box. Make the Oilers beat you 5-1-5. And if they do that, they have a chance. If they don't do that, series over, season over. See, see you in October when the season begins. Hey, Insanity is doing the same exact thing over and over mm-hmm. and expecting different results. And that was the big thing coming from this team. My last little stat, which I think is so interesting, is these teams played each other four times in the regular season and split it two for two. This is off the top of my head, so I'm not going to get into like exact numbers with the decimals. But I'm pretty sure what the Oilers were 32% on the power play in the entire regular season. Yeah. And every time against the Kings, they were 15% on the power play the kings were actually 23 percent against the oilers on the power play across those four games so the kings actually had a better power play and the oilers had a worse power play compared to playing other teams in the regular season so 
I don't know. It's, it's just, it's crazy. And mm-hmm. as much as I am right now an employee for the Los Angeles <laughs> Kings, I'm going to have to, uh, I'll plead the fifth. I'll say, yeah. I'll say no contest to uh, Laz's uh, comment about game six. Mm-hmm. So uh, moving on for you guys, what has been the biggest surprise of the postseason thus far? And uh, more specifically, who has been the biggest surprise? Shukri, you want to take this one? The biggest surprise in the playoffs or the two of the Kings Oilers? In the playoffs, everything. I mean, we can't talk Kings Oilers all the time. As much as I, mean, I love to talk fair. about you know, I mean, myself, I like, good, I like a good challenge, Anna. But to answer your question, in terms of the entire playoffs, I think the biggest surprise has been for me, Seattle, the Seattle Kraken. And the reason I give you two major reasons. Number one, I don't think anybody would have would have gone into this series would have said that Seattle Kraken's down scoring would be the big story in this series against Colorado. We know that Colorado's forward group is not the same as it was last year, you know, when they had a healthy Gabriel Landeskog and Asim Kajri, obviously before he left in, um, in free agency to go to, on the Calgary. But this balanced attack of Seattle has me genuinely impressed. You got to give credit to Dave Hackstall, who who has really made it a point that, hey, you say, you know what, we're not going to just rely on one guy or one line to, to, to be Colorado. We're going to re- rely on the guys like, like Winnenberg. We're going to re- rely on guys on like Manny ben- um, Benet, um, who it, it's not just only about the scoring, but it's just the little things that he does in games. And we're, we're going we're gonna to rely on the collective group to, um, to beat the, the defending Santa Cup champions. And so far, they're just one win away from eliminating Colorado, which is shocking in its own right. So I'm going to build off that a little bit. I'm, I'm going to pick another series for my biggest surprise, but Chukri actually kind of led me in this direction. I actually tweeted this morning that the biggest surprising stat to me in the playoffs thus far is the Colorado Avalanche's power play. We talked about power play yeah. penalty kill with the Oilers and Kings, mm-hmm. but the Avalanche had the sixth best man advantage in the regular season, skating to 24.5%. In the playoffs, they're one for 12 on the power play and have a percentage of 8.3. And this Colorado team is, you know, outside of the Oilers, probably the most talented offensive team in the NHL. I think most people would agree with that. And the fact that they're not able to score power play goals just shows you how aggressive the Seattle Kraken are and how well Philip Grubauer has been playing in net. But I do want to add to that and say the biggest surprise is going to be, which shouldn't really be a surprise, is the Lightning coming back and winning this series in seven games. Because I think a lot of people last night anticipated that the pressure could have gotten to the Maple Leafs, and it did. And this Tampa team, when everyone counts them out, we've done it for the last three years, they find a way to get it done. And now that series is going back to Tampa, same way it was last year, with a chance to force a game seven. And I think we all have a feeling that that series is going seven. And John Cooper had a great quote today. I don't have it in front of me, but it was like, did anyone want this to end in five? This has been a great series, a lot of talent, a lot of offense. Who doesn't want to see this go seven? And he's right because I think we all know it is. And I probably will be wrong after saying that, but uh, it should, shouldn't be a surprise, but it's going to be when that goes seven. But Johnny, I actually want to pick. I want to actually add to that point. Mm-hmm. There has to be in the collective minds in Toronto today that, uh oh, did we uh, awake, poke that bear, awaken Andre Vasilevsky? Who, by the way, I have to drop this here. Andre Vasilevsky in the last six games in regular in, in elimination games in the postseason since 2019, 2020. Five and one and a goal, a goals against average below two. It's like 1.9 something. And, and I don't know what it is about this man in elimination games, but it seems like he takes his game to a whole nother level, which is why 
I had to believe that Toronto had to win last night because if this go this is going to go to Game Six, something tells me I don't like how I feel and how this how this is going to go if you're Toronto. But Tampa Bay may have found something last night, and Andrew Vasilevsky's got his back against the wall. Numbers don't lie; they he knows how to win, especially in pressure situations when he's facing elimination, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. No, I completely agree. Now, uh, my favorite quote about. Game sevens, though, came from your guy, uh, Shukri Taylor Hall. Yeah. He said, you know what they say about game sevens, how anything can happen. Mm-hmm. Um, so a little rapid fire here because we're going into today's slate. Uh, and we'll keep it on today's slate because that's mm-hmm. more pressing. And I think we already touched upon Lightning, Leafs, Rangers, Devils, and Kings Oilers. But Bruins, Panthers, Bruins on the verge of Clinton clinching. And I also liked this quote, as much as this is rapid fire, uh, Jim Montgomery was talking about how, and I think a couple of Bruins, correct me if I'm wrong, Shukri, but they were saying about how they almost feel like they've been doing doing too much at home and they play a little bit more loose on the road. So who do you think, do you think they they move on and they win this series outright? Or do you think Florida comes back? (laughs) I honestly do think they still win the series outright, but I am nervous for for game six tonight because the pressure is 100% on the Bruins in this game. And I made a video on on my Twitter at Shukri Writes in which I said the pressure is 100% on the Bruins because, number one, Florida's got nothing to lose. Like, Florida wasn't even expected to win the series, let alone, like, push it to six. But I did make it an initial prediction prior to the start of the series that the Bruins would win this series in six. But the reason why I do believe that it still holds true is because when you look at this Bruins team in terms of how they play on the road versus how they play at home, it's almost as if they have two different styles. And for some reason – this pattern of not being able to win at home has been a major point of contention here where they lost games two and five at home. And when they go on the road, they win, they win games three and six, on three, three and four, they dominate. So you so you got to believe like, hey, like they got to win this tonight because game seven at home, they're not good. And the Bruins in the last two, in the last two game sevens, 0-2. Game seven of 2019, Seneca final, lost to St. Louis. Game seven to um, to Carolina last year, lost on the road. So I, they got to wrap it up tonight, if you ask me. I think they wrap it up tonight. I'm not concerned about Boston. I think they were the more dominant team in game five. Uh, they just didn't get the bounces, and obviously Linus Olmark makes that mistake in overtime. I'm sure you know, he's going to be hungry to get that one back, and he's been, one of the be- he's been the best goalie in the NHL all year. So um, I- I'm really confident in this Bruins team. Obviously, you know, from the outsider's perspective, it's easier to say. Like, I'm sure – Shukri might be more confident about the Rangers than I am. Um, you know, I think that's just how it goes when you are a hockey fan. But, you know, I, I think Boston just, you know, I, th- I thought they were going to sweep, honestly. And to me, Boston has still been the better team in pretty much every game in this series, I think, for the most part. I think, you know, there was one game, I think maybe game two, where Florida. Game two was the worst. Yeah. yeah. Florida really kind of took it to them. But, you know, I, I what they outshoot Florida last game, 47-25, I saw. Um, yeah. You know, Boston dominated. They just for whatever reason, couldn't, you know, take Florida out of the game. So uh, tonight, I think Florida comes out, scores the first goal, and doesn't look back, and they close the series out in six. Other series on the line. Every series is on the line tonight. Uh, Canes, Islanders, who do you, do you think the uh, Canes can take it away tonight, guys? Chukri. Oh, you know what? We'll start with you, Les. I think the Islanders are winning this one in seven. Uh, <laughs> I really do. And for whatever reason – like, I, I just believe in this group, and I don't know why. Um, 
because I, I feel like when you watch them play, it's so frustrating. And I'm not an Islanders fan, but you know, I'm a hockey fan. I love watching hockey. And if I were an Islanders fan, I'd be like, what, why can't we just consistently play the way we're playing? Um, you know, because the Islanders have so many spurts, they look good. Then they look like they don't know how to score. And I think that's just the way of their game for whatever reason. But then Ilya Sorokin, if the Islanders score the first goal, they play much better defensively and they shut down their opponent. And I think the first goal for them is huge. And if I know anything, UBS is going to be absolutely rocking tonight. That's one of the louder buildings in the NHL. I think they do the best thing by far in the playoffs. They have the whole crowd sing the national anthem. It gives me chills every time. And uh, I think the Islanders just take momentum from last game, win tonight, and carry all that momentum into Carolina where the Hurricanes have choked um, you know, in the past couple of years. I think that's going to be the big key is can the Islanders score first? Because that has been a, a recurring theme in this series where it seems like when Carolina gets going and they strike first, it's like they have this engine where like it, it just, it's like nothing can like slow them down despite the injuries that, um, that they've had. But I still feel as if that the Hurricanes still have a chance to win this series despite – not having um, uh, their their, um, their their defenseman, uh, sorry, forward, um, Andrei um, Sveshnikov, who's out for the season, I still think that you know, Carolina should, in fact, win the series. But something tells me the Islanders are going to push push it on to, on to the limit, and it wouldn't surprise me if it goes back to Raleigh for, for Game 7. Dallas, Minnesota. Now, be nice because I actually yeah. have to preface everything hockey fans that I was born in Minnesota. I, I started playing hockey in Minnesota. So I'm an asshole Minnesota hockey person who thinks that the world revolves around me and I'm better than everybody because I grew up playing hockey in Minnesota only for like two years. But uh, my biggest thing about this Dallas Minnesota series is like, I'm shocked, but I'm also not shocked because I'm a Minnesota sports fan. So we never win anything. But Kirill Kaprizov has uh, last year had seven goals, one assist for eight points in the first round against blues. This season, only one goal across five games. So my biggest thing is, like, he's got to turn it on, man. He's he's their dude. He's got to turn it on if they want to come back and force a game seven. I'd love game seven as a hockey fan, but mm. especially as a Minnesota Wild, grew up a Minnesota Wild fan. But with how things are going, I just – I don't see them winning tonight. I don't. Where in Minnesota did you live? I lived uh, – I was born in St. Paul, lived okay. my family has a house in Minneapolis, right by the University of Minnesota. So we mm -hmm. go to my local, whenever I ice skate there, I go to Lake of the Isles or Matthews Park. But I awesome. lived in Prior Lake, so I was a little Prior Lake Laker. If, <laughs> I if Marcus Felino can stop playing like an a-hole, that would be a great book <laughs> for Minnesota. Like in, like in all seriousness, but that that major the other night definitely did the, it, it did the team in. And when, when you got like – um, on Foxa, like on um, go, going the way he's going, second going the way that he's going, and and uh, and, and Jay Godinger, like um, being able to play at the level that he's been playing at, like it, yeah, you definitely make matters a bit more tough for Minnesota. So Minnesota's got to be a lot more disciplined, and I'm not pinning the whole series on him um, per se by any stretch of the imagination, but it's costing mistakes that normally in the regular season that you can like come back from, but in the postseason it's magnified, and that's where it, it could really hurt you. So. I'm sticking to the theme of this episode, and it's power play penalty kill. And when you yeah. look at all these series, I think this one is probably the biggest difference. You know, Dallas, another team that's really clicking on the power play at 40.9%. 40, 40 their PK is at 80%, while the Wild are at 20% on their power play and 591 on their PK. So this is a lopsided special team series. And, you know, one of the stats you look at, too, like, 
you know, at five on five, these teams are relatively even, but like Jason Robertson has zero points at five on five. All of his six points in the playoffs this year have come on the power play. So if, if Dallas, I mean, excuse me, if Minnesota can stay disciplined, like there's no reason why they can't win this game and force game seven. But to Shukri's point, like, you know, Marcus Felino, a guy who's taken a couple penalties here, maybe some are questionable, like, you know, they kind of get the shit into the stick and, you know, they're, they're behind on the PK and, and it's tough to come back from that hole. So, um, you know, I think Dallas, the special team has been excellent and that's been the difference in this series. Like the teams are relatively even, like I said, at even strength. So um, Minnesota just got to stay disciplined. That's really it. Hey, and it's been a hell of a series. Lots of so many overtime games between this Dallas Minnesota one and then especially Kings Oilers. Now, last one, and I can't believe I'm saying this. If you if you'd have told me that I was saying this a week ago, I'd be shocked. But <laughs> do the Kraken close this one out tonight against the reigning champs? I mean, it's wild. I personally don't think so. I say I'm going to go on a on a limb and say yes, they do. You know, oh, Colorado, it's been. Debate it's, it out, guys. Come because on. Because the reason is because, listen, Seattle, they they are a team that is loose. They are a team in which that I talked about earlier, like how they, they their balance scoring has been a big a big factor for them in this series. I do think that um, their ability to um to to play loose and easy is going to help them big time. And I do think that um, that they're going to come out motivated and say, hey, let's let's close this out and and like win a playoff series and go from there. I'm just not taking Jaden Schwartz, Swenberg, and Beneers over McKinnon, uh, Randon, and McCarr. I mean, that's just really the bottom line. Like, you know, I, I think sometimes in the NHL, you just got to go with the guys who have done it before. And, and that's what this case is for me. And listen, like, Seattle is going to be electric tonight. Uh, Climate Pledge, that seems like one of the coolest places to watch a playoff game. And, you know, Seattle can easily come out and win this game. Like, Grubauer, as I said, Another guy who's been a huge surprise in the playoffs. Seattle's goaltending in the regular season was not very good and not consistent at all. And Grubauer has really stepped up his game. But getting McCarr back in the lineup, especially a fired up McCarr who, you know, didn't necessarily cost his team the game, but you know, his absence and, and the penalty he took in game four obviously plays a huge outcome on what happened in game five because you know the Con Smythe winning defenseman, Norris Trophy winning defenseman, not having him in your lineup is a huge loss. So I think Cal McCarr took a, a long look in the mirror and said to his teammates, hey, boys, I'm going to make this one up to you guys. We're going home for seven. And I think Colorado rolls tonight, and I think they end up taking the series in seven. I just think this team is too talented and too good to to go down this easily. So I just have to think they find a way. I don't disagree. And that's what 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 we say on Monday, I think, Shukri, you brought it up. Like, this team just knows how to turn it on. Yeah. Like, they're just really good at when they need to be big. They're like, all right, let's do it. Let's just – Let's just show him. Um, my final uh, wrap it up thought is Johnny, do you know? And it, I know you know this person, <laughs> but it's more of like we're gonna we're gonna pose it this question to him because he is becoming, if not is, a little bit of a voice in hockey. But how do you say his last name? It's just Jazz. We we need to figure out how to say his last name. I've known him since college, Chris Jazz. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So but we need to figure it out. <laughs> I think it's just Remsky and he's told me it before, but honestly, I don't care. I'm not even going to give him the credit. I'm just going to call him Jazz. <laughs> so uh, now Jazz and I probably chirp each other like on, on the regular pretty much every day. And, uh, you know, I, I think, well, yes, I do know him, obviously. Uh, but <laughs> our friendship began on LinkedIn. Um, oh, you know, I've been doing, yeah, I've been doing some stuff in sports and, um, you know, we kind of just like, 
connected with each other on LinkedIn. We had similar interests and uh, he like, he like sent me or I reached out to him, like just introducing myself saying like, Hey, we'll talk to you. You know, saw you at Syracuse working sports, blah, blah, blah. And uh, you know, we spoke and then he, he like sent me like a Carolina Panthers job. And I was like, dude, I have no, no interest in working in the NFL. Thank you for looking out. But like respectfully, don't send me that again. Uh, <laughs> nah, but we, uh, we, so we actually met in person for the first time at the Winter Classic. He works with TNT. He's their researcher, and he's unbelievable at his job, does a great job, and he's obviously a huge lacrosse advocate as well, um, covered lacrosse in college at Syracuse. And, uh, you know, his shtick is always any college that loses in a sport, he'll, like, quote, tweet their sport and say, consider adding lacrosse. That's his thing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, great guy, great at his job. We hung out the entire weekend at the Winter Classic, and um, you know, I'm happy to call him a friend now. And I'll be, you know, seeing him at the Stanley Cup Final. Don't know which city yet, obviously, but uh, yeah, we'll we'll be hanging out for uh, for weeks to come here. So I'll have some good jazz stories hopefully this summer. Yeah, and uh, you have to post if there's a piano in the hotel. Oh. You have to post him playing the piano. Mm -hmm. And if anybody doesn't follow him on Instagram, you have to go follow. So, Jazz, drop your Instagram, drop your IG below because you got to go follow him on Instagram. He does these song requests. He'll find just random hotels and a mm -hmm. random like piano in the hotel and he'll be like song requests. And it doesn't matter what the song, like, he will yeah. find it. It's he like, always he always goes with levels by Avicii. That's his go-to. <laughs> That's his go-to. Yeah. Like yeah. he get. I've sent him. I've sent him a million. Maybe I'm the only one that sends in requests. I don't know. <laughs> so I'll send him at least ten every time he posts it, and then I'm sitting there with like turn on notifications. So mm -hmm. he got. Yeah, me, he's, but... <laughs> he's he's good shit. But I want to ask you guys a question before we do wrap up. Let's do it. I don't think we hit on it enough from outsiders' perspectives. Do you guys think the Rangers are cooked? I think they are, because ever since they made that goalie change and made a world, it definitely changed the entire tenor of that series for sure. I think uh, the Devils have just proved. I, I think uh, uh, it's just that game the other night just felt so electric, and it felt like they just overcame a little hump, like as mm -hmm. a team, just mental. And like you know, I'm a washed up college athlete, so I'm all <laughs> about that mental discipline. I figured out that mental discipline way too late in my career. But it literally takes on, and this is something like I think the Kings are lacking, like you just got to turn it on, right? Like you have to understand that you cannot take a second off. And that's why hockey's so great because you only mm -hmm. got like less than a minute shifts. So it yeah. sets you up for success. But like you just, they figured it out. It, it wild. So, mm -hmm. but for uh, for your sake, Laz, I'm going to be cheering <laughs> for the Rangers. My boyfriend's Thank also you. a really big Rangers fan. So love that. He's from Jersey though. So I don't yeah, know what's going it on. Happens. It happens. It happens. It happens. But I also, I do want to say too, like, you know, we speak of uh, coaches, players and whatnot, and just uh, talking to Lindy Ruff, like after games, he, he's probably one of the sweetest like men, I think in the NHL, as far as treating media members. Um you know, he's, he's been a real pleasure to to talk to in the post game, whether it's a loss or a win. Um, and obviously I think people love hearing stories like that and, and love hearing, you know, the coaches who like really give the time to like give thoughtful, you know, well thought out answers. And, um, and you know, Gallant's been great too. Obviously the last couple of days have been a little bit tougher to talk to him, but um, you know, Lindy Ruff, who I did, I, I didn't know him at all. Um, you know, he's been great. So I just wanted to say that also. Right on. You know what? We need more people like that. Right on, Johnny. Yeah. Okay, final thoughts, you guys. Johnny had his final thought. You got any final thoughts, Shukri? Are you going to be okay? We're going to have to text you today. Make I would sure appreciate it. I really, I really <laughs> would appreciate that. Final thought I would say is definitely um, I expect uh, Minnesota-Dallas to be another war. 
Um, mm-hmm. like, and I think that that series has a chance to really um, pop even more, which already has been an explosive series in terms of like fights and as well as in terms of just emotions on, on boiling over. But I de- definitely do think that's going to be uh, a seven gamer for sure. I like it. Seven Any overtimes tonight? All of them. <laughs> yeah, Bruins, Bruins Panthers overtime, double overtime. Bruins Panthers overtime. Matthew Kachuk sinks it again in overtime, sends him to Game Seven just because you didn't want him on your team, Shukri. Oh yeah, he's, he's he, watching uh, this. He That's really wrong. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> All right, guys, thank you so much for joining us. I'm Anna Connolly, uh, Johnny Laz, and Shukri writes. This is pass shoot score. I think that was like 25 minutes because we kind of talked yeah. for a little bit. So I think and, it was okay. And there was a part where I think we have to cut, right? Yeah. So he can also, cut. am I saying, is it Shukri or Shukri? Am I saying it wrong? Did I, did I, Shukri? Shukri. Shukri. Did I say Shukri? Shukri? Sorry. No, no, no. You know, I uh, was doing projected lineups, injuries, and scratches. So that's like what I do with the Kings is like I just talk over it and then I have to like give you fun stats. Um, mm-hmm. And, I said my Minnesota accent. That was my one thing. I was like, if I work in hockey, I can't talk like a hockey player. Like, I need to still talk like me. And uh, you're okay. Don't worry. Um, And uh, (laughs) you're good. And um, for you for doing that at work, honestly. Yeah, honestly, props to you, man. Um, So, and let us know if, like, we're here to help you out, like, if you need anything. Um, No, gotcha. No, but, like, we – I said it. It was like Ryan Murray. I said it. I was like Murray. I said it weird. I said it like a northerner. Like and I literally, yeah, and I literally sent it to my dad, and he just started giving me major shit. He was like, "Wow, three days into hockey, and you're already talking like us." I was like, "I can't. I can't do this. I can't." <laughs> I think I referred to them as like the boys once too in my intermission report, and I was like, "Jesus Christ, we need to stop." <laughs> Um, but that was good. I thought that was fun. Yeah. What are you guys doing tonight? I just got invited to the Islanders game, but I have dinner plans. So I'm going to see if I can. Um, Can't really work. Okay. Got it. Yeah. Damn it. Until uh, 8.30. Jesus, that sucks. Oh, God. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> dinner plans. Are you, uh, oh, then go to the bar. Right on. So you get to what time does the Bruins game start? Seven thirty. Seven thirty. Right. Islanders are seven. I know that's why I uh, the Kings game tomorrow is at seven, which is ten o'clock your time, which feels wild. But I guess that's how East Coast sports are. Mm-hmm. It's like I forget I about know. that. Sorry, my roommate's walking. No, you're good. Are we good though, guys? Yeah, I think so. I feel like Josh, maybe he's like doing something right now. Yeah. Um, how'd you guys feel about that one? It was good. It was um I'm so I feel like Monday was good because I had it in my head like, oh, we gotta just like wrap this up. And this one felt like a little bit more time to breathe. So I think it was mm. decent. What do you feel? How do you feel? I I felt good. Um I mean I, I felt less energetic just because of my situation, but <laughs> No, I felt good. I think that's fine. I think mm-hmm. when we come in on Monday or something, if we do a weekend recap, we'll all be okay. We've got the energy back. We're good. Yeah. We're hanging yeah. on. Um, but yeah, no, that was fun. What's this? Um...
You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.